Today on the news and why it matters, the winners and losers of the New Hampshire primary. We have got all of the coverage for you. Uh, also, people call to impeach Trump yet again over the DOJ's involvement in Roger Stone's sentencing. Oh, my gosh, it's like Groundhog's Day. It never ends. We've got a lot to get into, and it starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, today joined by conservative commentator Grant Stinchfield. Nice to see you in a very lovely shirt. Yeah. Thank you. I might much. add. You, a you're great so, bow. You oh, well, thank bow. you. Thank you. It is it's a very controversial bow. <laughs> according, controversial. according to the people on the internet, it's very controversial uh, for an adult female to wear a bow. But well, guess I love what? It. Thank you. The bow lives on. Thank you. Thank you. Yaku Buyens, uh, filmmaker, extraordinaire, president and founder of uh, Share Together and fellow at the Falkirk Center. Yaku, thank you. thank you for being here again. Pulling double duty this week. Thank you, and we've got uh, TheBlaze.com's own Aaron Colin. Thank you for being here as thank well, you. my favorite reporter. Thank you. I was going to say, you're going to have to work on my intro because he's got a lot of stuff. He's got the shirt. So. I know. Well, it's like, well, I, you're oh, just, also Aaron's there here. There you go. I'm wearing a nice tie, guys. You're looking great. <laughs> he's like, you got nothing, Stinchfield, but the shirt. That's all you got. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a lot to get into. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Black Rifle Coffee Company, who, by the way, is driving me being here today because it's wet and gross outside and it's just one of those days that you just want to get back under the covers and sleep. Uh, I did not want to get out of bed this morning but then I had their calf blend which is double caffeinated coffee and I was good to go. They are a veteran owned and operated premium small batch roast to order coffee company for those of you who are patriots out there. So they import the highest quality beans from around the world and then they don't roast it until after you place your order. So you are getting the freshest coffee available. Uh, you can choose from all sorts of blends that they have online. And you can go with the Black Rifle Coffee Club, which actually uh, they will send it to you. They will ship it directly to your home or office for free. Every month you're getting a discount on the blends that you choose and then you're getting it shipped to you for free so you're not running out of coffee uh, late at night and then you gotta go to the grocery store to make sure you have it for the morning. No, you don't have to do that with Black Rifle Coffee Club. Go to blackriflecoffee.com slash Y. That is blackriflecoffee.com slash Y. Enter the discount code Y to receive 20% off your first order. That includes Black Rifle Coffee Club, which I always say I highly recommend you're getting a discount on top of a discount if you go to blackriflecoffee.com slash Y. Enter promo code Y for 20% off. Um, so, New Hampshire. New Hampshire happened, and luckily for us, we got the results before like a whole week later. Yep. Like in Iowa, we actually know what happened. Uh, Bernie Sanders, of course, won the Democrat primary Last night in New Hampshire, he edged out both Pete Buttigieg and Amy Klobuchar, who I'd like to get, uh, gentlemen, your thoughts on her performance, because I know, she, you know, it, it wasn't a shock that she came in third, but was very interesting to see the amount that she pulled, comparatively speaking, when you look at Warren and uh, Joe Biden. So Bernie Sanders ended up with 25.7% uh, of the count as of uh, just earlier this afternoon, with 75,859 votes, just barely edging out Pete Buttigieg, uh, who got 72,126 votes. Amy Klobuchar behind them at 19.8% uh, with 58,499 votes. 
And then you get really down there with Elizabeth Warren, 27,000-ish votes, and Joe Biden didn't even crack 25,000. Um, this wasn't a shock. Bernie winning New Hampshire, I know we went into it thinking he obviously would take New Hampshire for the Democrat primary. Uh, what do you think of Buttigieg's performance here in, uh, in New Hampshire? I think he's got to be thrilled, right? I mean, he's, he's in second place, mm -hmm. looking in his rearview mirror at Joe Biden and, and Elizabeth Warren. Mm -hmm. I mean, I ran for Congress in Texas in a congressional district. I got more votes than Elizabeth Warren and Joe Biden did in a whole state. <laughs> okay, well, that's got to make you right? feel good, too. <laughs> yeah, but the problem is it's not very many votes, no matter how you look at it. This is insane what's happening in the Democratic Party that now you've got Bernie Sanders, a self-avowed socialist. We were talking, mm -hmm. Yako, he's not even a Democrat. Mm -hmm. Look, I, I'll say it. The guy's a communist. I mean, yeah. he's socialist, communist. He's not a Democrat. It's not really his party. He's kind of just found a home, a train to ride on. So I'm cutting you short here, but I'm with you. I, it's fascinating to me what's happening. It's almost laughable because their entire party is falling apart mm -hmm. here right before their eyes. And again, I think the big winner coming out of all this again is Michael Bloomberg. Mm, really? I do. Wow. So you're going to disagree with President Trump on that one? Well, I mean, look, Bloomberg is, is showing well in many of these states. Yeah. He hasn't even joined this primary race yet, really. He's not even on the stage. He's got a ton of money to spend on, on advertisements. And if they keep battling it out, he's going to just be the last man standing because they're all going to knock each other out. Mm -hmm. Aaron, do you agree? I think Pete should be happy that he's in second, but I don't see a real path for him to win. Because once we get into these states that have a little bit more diversity, obviously it's been well said that he does not have any support among black voters. It's going to be a problem in South Carolina and all the other states. So, I mean, he should be happy, but he's not going to, he doesn't have a path. Bloomberg, he's doing better than expected, but I don't think he has a path either. I think what you're looking at is when Warren drops out after her terrible performance, mm -hmm. that's just going to help Bernie. And mm -hmm. I think he's gone so far now that there's no stopping him, no matter what the establishment wants to do to him. The question becomes is, do the Democrats realize they need a so-called moderate? I don't right. believe a moderate exists in the Democratic Party right. today, at least those running. But if they do, is that their Klobuchar mm -hmm. or is that their Michael Bloomberg? If they come to the realization that, that they need somebody like that, and then, you know, you have Biden, too, with, with possibly a path of what Aaron's talking about when you go to some of these other states. Do they wake up mm. and realize we can't do this? We can't put Bernie Sanders up against the president. The reason that I don't think they do is because of those candidates that fit that profile don't get any enthusiasm. You know, so they're, they're looking for somebody with excitement who can turn out voters. That's how desperate they are to beat Trump. They just want turnout. So they're sacrificing yeah. logical policy for saying we just want somebody who will get people excited to go vote so we can try to have a chance to beat Trump. You're sacrificing, but there's a payback on a sacrifice. And here's the payback that nobody's really talking about. One in four identified voters in New Hampshire last night at the Trump rally were registered Democrats. Really? One in four, that's a fact, were registered Democrats at the Trump rally. There's people in the Democrat Party that's saying, no, no, come on, can we get normal? And they can't find normal in their party because their party will not endorse normal. They're going to jump. Well, yeah, and remember what Trump's done in New Hampshire. This guy last night got over 120,000 yes. votes, second only to Reagan, with only 90% of the vote in, mm. maybe the highest in history, because family matters. The wallet matters. He brought jobs, 18,000 jobs in New Hampshire. They want the Green New Deal, which will take 25,000 jobs from New Hampshire. 
$2 billion from New Hampshire. They know this. And there's nobody on the other side. Bernie, Bernie is literally what those one in four Democrats are jumping for don't want. Mm-hmm. They don't want that. They well, don't want socialism. And you brought up uh, President Trump's performance in New Hampshire, which I do feel is being underreported yeah. by the mainstream media. You know, they're talking about the Democrat primaries. But in comparison, you oh. know, Bernie Sanders went up there and gave his victory speech and said, you know, no, let's let me say tonight that this victory here is the beginning of the end for Donald Trump. I'm not so sure about that, Bernie, because, you know, Bernie got, uh, what, 75,000, almost 76,000 votes. Trump, an incumbent, right? So you would think sure. would be someone who people would not be compelled to go exactly. show up and exactly. cast a vote for, yeah. still got, as you said, 120,476 votes. And just to put that into perspective, as far as incumbent voting in New Hampshire goes, Barack Obama, when he was running as an incumbent, 49,080. Exactly. Uh, Bush, 53,962. And Clinton is the only one who comes close in, in those three uh, past presidents at 76,797. Says a lot. Uh, a I mean, lot, that is a huge difference. I think it speaks to how what good of a campaign they're running in terms of how early he started campaigning. You know, I think in 2012, Obama probably waited till Romney was the nominee before he started holding rallies. Trump is not waiting for Democrats to get momentum. He's getting out there right now and mobilizing voters. And so that when November comes around, he's going to have a wave of momentum mm -hmm. that's going to be able to carry him and make sure that voters are turning out for him. Trump is an absolute fighter. I mean, he had a rally in New Hampshire on primary night, which was supposed to be the Democrats night yes. in New Hampshire. Think he about brought that. the fight right to their turf. And then he whoops them yes. in numbers. And I will tell you something. I want to throw kudos out to guys like Jerry Falwell Jr., the surrogates. Nobody talks. Trump's surrogates mm -hmm. are warriors. Scalise, Steve Scalise, these guys, they are fighters, man. They go out there. They do small little mom-and-pop town halls on the Dems' night. Mm -hmm. It's their night. And he says, okay, let's play. Yeah. Remember what he did when he, when he walked his TV event down, down the street when they wouldn't host him in 2016? It's fun, man. I tell you, it's going to be a fun ride. Uh, what do you make, Aaron, of Clomentum? Clomentum. Yes. I don't know what to make of it. I'm surprised by it. I don't yeah. see what her appeal is. I mean, besides the fact that she... She seems somewhat sane, She right? presents a front of reasonableness, yes. but if you read anything about her, you realize that she is possibly a crazy person right. who throws things at people and <laughs> eats salad with a comb. She's a loose cannon. Um, and I don't think that... I, you can't I'm have sorry. a president who eats salad with a comb. <laughs> I haven't she, heard okay, that. There are some wild stories about how she abuses really? her staff and oh, berates yes. them. That she, I've heard. That I've she, heard. she has anger problems and things like that. But I didn't she, know women use combs. I thought they usually go to the only, brush. Only, only for salad. Only when your staffer forgets a fork, I guess. Wow. I don't see that holding up. I mean, she's just not a compelling candidate. She might be a good VP for somebody, mm -hmm. but I don't see that she has the national momentum to energize the party that anybody's going to mobilize behind her long term. But that's a great showing for her last night, better than anybody could have expected. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then we have uh, Elizabeth Warren, poor old Focahontas. She has now, after this performance, canceled over $500,000 uh, of ad reservations in South Carolina and 60000 in Nevada, all scheduled to run next week. you got to believe this is the beginning of the end for her. Can I just say, Ripcord, yeah. that, that this just proves how dumb Elizabeth Warren really is. All right, <laughs> now as a businessman, and I've been around marketing a long time, when you start to falter, that is not the time to cut your ad budget. 
That is the time to increase your mm. ad budget if you are faltering. That goes for a business. That goes for a political candidate. You know, marketing is not an expense. It's an investment. That's right. Right? And she's, she's not even investing in herself at this point. Mm-hmm. Well, I, th- I think there's a lot of pressure on her from donors and saying, uh, we're bleeding. Ripcord. It's ripcord time. Why would she stay in? You know, I understand why Biden would stay in because former VP, the optics, optics, Mm -hmm. but why? It's pride, maybe. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, once her attack on Bernie didn't take hold, that was it for her because her only hope was to be able to transfer those voters to her as the progressive far left option. And now she's just kind of sitting in no man's land, you know, wondering what she's going to do, sitting at 9%. And it is pride. She's trying to shift from South Carolina to I think she's investing in maybe Nevada or somewhere like that. Admitting the loss in South Carolina and hoping that goes on. But how did that work for Joe Biden? He tried to cut his losses in New Hampshire, but he's so embarrassed by that loss that donors are going to flee from him anyway. And it really just sabotages your campaign once people see that you don't even believe in yourself as a candidate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how long do you see Joe Biden staying in this race? I think it, it depends on Super Tuesday, right? And his whole plan right now depends on Super Tuesday. Yeah. And so we'll see. I mean, you know, you can spell out a path for Joe Biden in this race. He's not out of it by any means. Impossible. It's not impossible. You've had, I think there's like 98% of the delegates are still up for grabs here. And he has name recognition among the other other ones. So he's got to stay through Super Tuesday. If Super Tuesday goes badly for him, then I think Joe Biden steps aside. Look, can we not throw out this notion? And maybe it's a little crazy, but I've said before, that establishment, they want Biden. Yeah. So I could very easily believe that the, 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 the whisper in his ear is, stay in, we're going to find a way. Mm-hmm. We're going to go to Super right. Tuesday. Mm-hmm. There's, there's some Hail Mary coming. We're going to find a way. Because that's really who Robert they want. Remember when Hillary started to get like sick and unhealthy and they started to hide her from the public? This seems to me like what they're doing with Joe Biden. Like he constantly makes gaffe after gaffe. Mm-hmm. He mixes up his words. And look, we all mix up our words. But he's doing this on national television on a doesn't regular basis. He doesn't know what state. But, you know, I get it. If you're flying around from state yeah, to state, sure. it can happen okay. to the best of them. The problem is it happens to him Freaking. every single day, if not every hour. So they're hiding him. And again, you get back to the same deal. It's the opposite of what you need to be doing if you want to win elections. You've got to get out there. And they want to hide him. And his whole case has been, I'm the most electable, and he's finishing fourth and fifth. What does that say? And if he doesn't do well in South Carolina, if he, you know, goes below expectations there, nobody's going to support him because they're going to see that was supposed to be his strongest state. If he doesn't do well there, then nobody's going to support him down the road. Do you think that his voters, once, you know, let's say that that happens the way it looks like it's going to happen, and Joe Biden, you know, drops out here in less than a month, um... Do you see his voters going to Buttigieg? Do you think Buttigieg gets no, you? No, Buttigieg, I don't Obachar? know. I, mean, I, 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 I don't know how many people are paying attention, but Pete is really far left. He's not. Pete is far left. He's very far left. He's not a Biden prototype. As he much as they want to lump him in there. No. He's not. And but he's, he's, he's tricking people into that. Exactly. But, but he, he's not there. And so I think maybe if they start looking around, they look at Pete, they might say, well, he doesn't actually represent what I thought he did at all. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that does give us some momentum and she gets some of those voters. I don't know. I, I think... Look, Pete is far left, mm-hmm. and, and it's going to come out, and a head-to-head it's going to come out. But I think the only place they can go is they probably go to Bloomberg, because, it, it, look, at least they come from big establishment, big government, you know, and I don't know, if Klobuchar, what I was surprised with last night is by how much Biden lost, mm-hmm. the gap. Mm-hmm. I and mean, that's a huge gap. Because he doesn't have a base. You know, you talked about supporters, and I say it jokingly, but it's not really a joke. 
Buttigieg has a base. He's got his crew of supporters. Heck, Yang has a group of supporters. Sanders has a group core of supporters. Warren does, too. Who are Biden's supporters? Biden was just the kind of like a The old folks that have been in the Democratic yeah. Party forever and they just know his name because he was Barack Obama's vice president. Like, that's not a core group yeah. of supporters that yeah. love you. And it's showing. That's a great point. It's showing. Uh, before we go to break, we'd love to uh, bid a fond farewell to Andrew Yang. Uh, he has suspended his campaign after last night's results in New Hampshire. Yang gang, we're very sorry to hear about your loss. I know Aaron. Stop is, smiling. Aaron, <laughs> you need to be sad. Where's the tears? Aaron is I devastated. I trust that we're going to do a whole segment on this next, right? Face our respects. Aaron is devastated. I mean, in all seriousness, I think we all can agree at the table. Andrew Yang seemed like a good enough guy. His policy ideas were just really not there. But uh, he wanted to come to the table. You he didn't wanted want your thousand dollars a month. I didn't want my thousand dollars a month of UBI. <laughs> uh, he wanted to talk to the other side, uh, and for that, we commend him and uh, here is our fond farewell to Andrew Yang. My campaign will now give a freedom dividend of $1,000 a month for an entire year to 10 American families, someone watching this at home right now. If you believe that you can solve your own problems better than any politician, go to yang2020.com and tell us how $1,000 a month will help you do just that. back into the conversation, we want to thank our sponsor, Home Title Lock. So, uh, not sure if you know this, but, uh, you know, you spend all of this money probably, you know, with putting security cameras in your home and you've got a security system and you think, okay, my home is safe from someone coming in and stealing all of my stuff, you know, stealing my home. No, actually, you're not safe. There is something called home title theft, and it is one of the fastest growing white collar crimes, according to the FBI. Uh, there is no bank, no identity theft protection program. Nothing protects you except for home title lock. So home title lock puts a virtual barrier around your home's title and mortgage, which it's online, right? It's stored online. So hackers, people who get on the internet and, you know, they, they go, you go on the dark web, they're selling home titles for 40 bucks a pop. Uh, people can access this stuff and do really bad things and then all of your home's equity is gone. Home Title Lock is there to protect you. All you have to do is go to hometitlelock.com, register your address to see if you're a victim. If you're a victim, you're not going to know it unless you go there and register your address. And then you can sign up to help protect your title so it doesn't happen. You've got 60 risk-free days of protection with us if you go to hometitlelock.com. That is hometitlelock.com. Enter in your address to see if you have already been a victim of home title fraud. So uh, 
Hashtag impeach Trump is trending this afternoon because the people, the people are very upset that Trump dared get involved in the uh, legal case that Roger Stone has going on right now. Now, in a series of extraordinary actions Monday and Tuesday, the four federal prosecutors who are the, you know, the entire legal team that charged Roger Stone with a series of process crimes uh, that stemmed from the whole collusion case with Russia, which ended up not being anything, obviously, that President Trump was found to have wrongdoing in. Uh, this legal team recommended seven to nine years in prison for Roger Stone. They were rebuked by the Department of Justice for uh, excessive and unwarranted recommendations. And then they just all quit. <laughs> really, they just were like, all right, fine, we quit. We suck and we quit. Uh, I guess they didn't say that last part. But uh, President Trump, of course, praised the DOJ for taking action to address the, quote, miscarriage of justice, to which he was largely criticized for. And they said to impeach Trump because he's getting involved in this case again. Um, now, Stone's attorneys maintain that 15 to 21 months in prison would be more in line for the types of crimes that uh, he has been uh, accused and, of course, convicted of. What say you, Grant? Wait till President Trump pardons him. <laughs> They're really going to go off the deep end. Do you think he's going to? I, I, I don't think he's going to pardon Well, you know, you never know. Yeah, what you never Trump. know. You, you, ne you never, ever know. I yeah. mean, there's a chance he could. I don't think he is, but there's a chance he could. What this tells me more is that they're going to go down this road of impeachment no matter what happens. Mm -hmm. They are going to be running that hashtag impeach Trump mm -hmm. no matter what he does. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he could pass gas during a state dinner and they're going to say impeach Trump. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Yeah, like, it's true. Like, and what else do they have? Right. No candidate, no substance, no message. Impeach him based on what? On an opinion? Because, you know, Stone wasn't actually part of the campaign. Didn't work. So you have President Obama endorsing Trudeau. Mm -hmm. Is he colluding? Mm -hmm. Is he interfering in an election because he has an opinion, because he's endorsing a guy? Where are we in our country that when someone has an opinion, all of a sudden now it's an impeachable offense? And, and this is the door they opened by impeaching him for nothing. You know, yeah. at some point, somewhere in the future... In a very, 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 very distant future, the Democrats may have the White House again. And then <laughs> what are they going to do? That's terrifying. If we can impeach them on an opinion. Yeah, that's right. a great point. It's amazing how that word just carries so little weight compared to what it did years ago. Right, now it's just like impeachment, impeachment, whatever. Mm. You know, it, it doesn't mean anything. And that sentence, I think, was obviously excessive. Uh, I, I think there's an argument to say maybe I prefer Trump not insert himself into that in such an aggressive way, but that doesn't make it anywhere close to an impeachable situation. And so for them to keep saying that, haven't they learned that that was such an unpopular thing they did? It was so ineffective in hurting even Trump's approval ratings or his chances of reelection. So I really don't even understand why they would go back to that as a political weapon when it was clear that it didn't work. And see, isn't it, I mean, you know, I, you, I tend to agree with you that it's like, all right, it'd be great if he didn't like type everything you out. You say that about Twitter. a lot of things. You know what I, I mean? Guess. But it, but they they ask for it when they go on and say, well, we need to impeach him over this. We need to impeach him over that. Then it's like, yeah, he should be able to say what he wants to say because no matter what, they're going to come up with something. They're going to overreach and say he should be impeached. And I'm not 100% you know, familiar not with that process, but I, was, I guess I'm surprised that those attorneys were able to recommend that sentencing, but then the Department of Justice was some surprised that they did that. I wonder where the disconnect was, where they were going off on their own with the right. sentencing that their department didn't agree with. So there's there's some unanswered questions, I think, in how that all came about. But there's also a lot, let's not miss something here. There's a lot to be said for four, not two, not three, four, four. lawyers mm -hmm. to just bail, cut mm -hmm. bait and bail yeah. with resistance. 
Maybe because you knew you had a house made of straw. You had a straw man case here. I mean, that seems like maybe they were just grandstanding and saying, we're going to just throw this out here. And at least you had to think about that. And, and, And sorry, Grant, one other thing. Why would he not keep speaking? He got elected in 2016 mm-hmm. because he became a voice for the voiceless. And they're saying, speak it. Right. You're saying what I want to say in Oklahoma, in Nebraska. You know, you're saying it. Yeah. Keep saying it. Why would he not? I yeah. mean, he's going to keep speaking. Yeah. Last word, real quick. Okay, well, the four prosecutors, the government is filled with these types of people. This is the exact definition of the deep state. We have a huge government with a bunch of liberals that are bureaucrats inside it. And that goes for some of these federal, federal prosecutors. Yeah. All right. Back in a minute. I jump in front no, of you. you're good, man. Do you want to let anybody else talk to them? Hey, happy second anniversary, two-year anniversary of the news and why it matters today. Uh, in honor of that, we are doing a brand new contest. If you want to win merch, a t-shirt, a hat, or a mug from the Blaze Media shop, all you got to do is go to where you get your audio podcasts, hit subscribe. If you are subscribed, take a screenshot and use the uh, the hashtag news and why contest. Tweet it out and you will be entered to win a t-shirt, a hat, or a mug. Go there now. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. Virginia Democrats, uh, they keep just ramming all of these new gun control measures uh, down the throats of Virginia citizens now that they have control of uh, all chambers of their government. But uh, they they just crammed an unpopular gun control bill through the House today. It would ban so-called assault weapons and criminalize the possession of certain magazines. So this bill is uh, HB 961. It would ban new sales of semi-automatic rifles, such as the AR-15, and it would require current owners to register their firearm with the government uh, by next year. It it also would outlaw the possession of magazines that hold more than 12 rounds of ammunition and would require those who currently own such magazines to involuntarily surrender them to the government by January 1st, 2021. And of course, the Democrats said in a statement that this bill is intended to make Virginians safer every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, it passed 5148 with all Republicans and also bipartisan support opposing the bill. There was a handful of Democrats that joined the Republicans to oppose the bill. They still managed to get it through and the bill will now go to the Virginia Senate state for debate, which, of course, they the Democrats hold power in the Senate as well. Um, a lot of things to uh, to dig into on this, but the first of which is it always surprises me when I hear this arbitrary number thrown out, like uh, it would outlaw the possession of magazines that hold more than 12 rounds of ammunition. Like where, what is this arbitrary magic number 12 that it's yeah. 12 that really should be the cutoff? I think you see when you hear a lot of these lawmakers talk about this stuff that they have no direct experience None. with firearms in any kind of way. And so they kind of talk in generalities, and when they're pressed on questions, that's when they start embarrassing themselves. And there's video clips of this all over the place. I disagree with you. You think so? Really? I know so. Mm-hmm. When you have, uh, just say, a, a Glock 9 or, yep. or, or a SIG P320, yep. 
They hold 15 rounds, 17 rounds with an extended magazine. The reason they choose 12 is to make those guns non-existent. Because there's no Mac Mac for that, and you would have to go remake. So you think it's a more sinister tactic. I promise you, Mm -hmm. do not think these people are naive about this stuff. They may be naive about how guns work Mm -hmm. and the power they can give to a good citizen, but they are not naive when it comes to drafting these laws. They want to legislate guns out of existence. Mm -hmm. If they can tell you you can't have a magazine that holds more than 12 rounds, what they're trying to do is make your Glock non-existent. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to block the magazine. You got to have to do all kinds of things to make your firearm legal. They're making it difficult for gun owners. These people are devious in their attempt to literally do away with the Second Amendment altogether. And this is the first step. Look, Virginia was red. Mm-hmm. Everybody should take away from this. If this can happen in Virginia, and it's happened very, very quickly, yeah. mm-hmm. it went from red to blue to anti-gun to anti-freedom to anti-American. And that's Virginia. You can't relax when it comes to voting. You got to show up for these elections. Mm. And, and I, it makes a bigger point. Another controversial point for me today. Jerry Falwell Jr. goes with the governor of West Virginia and proposes that, hey, by the way, within the law, some counties in Virginia can come on over yeah. to West Virginia, right? And, and Jerry said, look, I am looking for civil unrest. And, and the police departments and everybody is saying, what happened? Because it happened so quick. Mm-hmm. It was so fast. I even think it caught Virginians off guard. To your point, you better show up and vote and really think about what you're voting for because they'll snatch it from you. But I'm with you because we know how guns work. They will outlaw weapons by, by literally going after manufacturing of the gun, how right. it's made, regulating that, and regulating the mag, and all of a sudden Glock's gone. I mean, you're not just talking about, though, registering your firearms with the state. You're talking about involuntary surrender. I mean, that's confiscation. It's theft and it's unconstitutional and it's tyrannical. Yeah. I mean, the reason we have the Second Amendment, I've said it over and over and over again, is not to just defend ourselves from evil, but it's defend ourselves from a tyrannical government. Mm -hmm. They're coming to take our guns. I've always said this. I'm a law abiding citizen. I've never been convicted of any kind of a crime. And if they tell me I've got to turn in my guns and I've got a lot of them, I'm not turning them in. Mm-hmm. No. They're not getting my guns. No. So if they're not getting this law-abiding citizen's guns, you think the criminals are going to turn them in? Right. I think there. I think there's a small chance that enough Democrats could oppose this in the Senate that maybe it won't pass. So I guess there is some reason for optimism to still fight this thing to where maybe, you know, it can be at least delayed, you know, till the yeah. next election. I, well, I would be with you, Grant, if I still had my guns. Unfortunately, I lost them in this really right, crazy exactly. accident. Right, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. That's happening really a lot weird. nowadays. It's, it's happening yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine was a weird and, and Sarah, when does that bill come into effect if it passes? Doesn't it say December or January? It's, or? Well, it says that uh, they would need to surrender their by, magazines to the government by January 1st, 2021. See, we have we have a lifeline still to, to go oppose that thing, but it's up to... The Virginians, people have to people have to wake up because these lawmakers will sneak it by you, man, mm-hmm. before you know it. And, I, and I'm with you. They look if they can't just do away with the Second Amendment, then just go after the gun and regulate the heck out of that thing. And the manufacturers, and manufacturers, and the gun owners. Yep. Turn law-abiding citizens into criminals. We've already heard presidential candidates mm-hmm. talk about throwing law-abiding Americans in jail if they don't comply with these unconstitutional confiscation yeah. schemes. Well, or penalize the financial institutions who you know provide loans and you know those types of things or to gun manufacturers. Right. Credit cards. You got credit card. No one wants to take a credit card from a gun dealer right. because they don't want to get caught up in any kind of illegal. So they make it again 
harder to mm -hmm. sell people guns, and they regulate them out of existence. Yeah, um, Grant, I want to touch on really briefly what happened to you over the weekend. So I went to Dave and Buster's uh, on Saturday, I think, over the weekend, and I don't—is that a nationwide? It's a franchise. Actually, a lot of people place, don't right? know what it is. It's, it's like an arcade on steroids, ten times. Yes, it's adult friendly. Yeah. It's got you know adult beverages, but it's kid friendly until a certain time in the night, and you know you can win stuffed TVs, animals and pri yeah prizes and all of that. So yeah, so I went with um, my <laughs> went with my husband, and there are several different locations. We chose this particular one. We just happened to be kind of equidistant, and this one was the closer one. And I, we pulled up and I was like, you know, I don't think I would feel comfortable going to this location if I did not carry. I, I just, this feels very seedy. I don't like it. I don't feel safe here. It feels like the type of place that like there would be a sh crazy shooting. And that was Saturday. Saturday. Sunday rolls around and I see Grant's Instagram and he is at the same damn Dave and Buster's that I was just at reporting from the scene because there was a freaking shooting there. Let me yeah. get the address so I don't take my family there. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. Dave and Buster's right, right, in right in the middle of Dallas. Sunday, he was there and there was a shooting at Dave and Buster's. Can you tell us what happened? So, yeah, I mean, long story short, I'm there with my son. We go there all the time and we actually love going there. Yeah. But I'm with you. I always take my firearm right. there. There's a lot of different components to what's going on there. I mean, you, you do have a riffraff element mm -hmm. going in there. You've got alcohol involved. Sure. You've got competitive games going on that will yeah. lead to people fighting. Yeah. And a bunch of just people there in large groups. Who yes. knows what can happen? Yes. Well, I'm glad I had my firearm because all of a sudden people start yelling, active shooter, active shooter. And people are taking off for the exits. And I stop. It's called Oodalip, Oodaloop. Orient, decide, yep. act. Mm. And I did it. I stopped. I listened. I did not hear gunshots. So I said, okay, this is good. I don't think it's an active shooter. My son, I went right to where I thought he was. He was not there. A sinking feeling for a yeah. father when yeah. you think there's an active shooter situation mm -hmm. going on. You can't find your 10-year-old oh, son. Oh, God, I can't imagine. With that, I said, my, my sole focus is my kid at this point. And I start hightailing it to where the shooting had occurred thinking that if my son is near the shooter, yeah. I've at least got a firearm right. that I can, the two of us, we have a chance at survival. And that's empowered to be going towards danger, knowing I have a way to defend myself mm -hmm. and my son. Mm -hmm. I could not imagine going towards danger without a firearm yeah. up against a gunman. Thankfully, I get there, the gunman has taken off. We believe it was only one or two shots fired, but enough to go through the front big doors of Dave and Buster's and hit a poor doctor in the leg. It was a doctor? It was a doctor. Oh, jeez. He's buying tickets for his kid. Just random, in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, I carry a tourniquet in my car. I said, do you need a tourniquet? To Dave and Buster's credit, they had somebody there put on, wow. getting ready to put a tourniquet on him. Amazing. Right. I said, where's the shooter? He went across the parking lot. I decided, do I go after him or do I go find my son? I did what any dad would do. Yeah, of course. Danger had subsided. I went to find my son. I went back into Dave and Buster's. Turns out this kid got trampled going out the back door. He's got bruises on his back, lost his shoes, scratches on his face. But he, at 10 years old, did exactly what we've been practicing got since five. Mm. If yeah. there's a message for anyone, talk to your kids about this, have a plan. He said to me, he said, Dad, when they said shooter, he said, I took two steps to find you. And then someone else yet yelled shooter. He said, I knew where the exit was, dad. So I went right for the yep. exit. Okay. And I 
Dude, I got pushed. He says, I dove forward. I was smaller than everybody else. I climbed. I fought my way out, Dad. I fought my way Champion, out. Man. I yeah. said, man, you are a lion. Yes. And yeah. I love yeah. you, buddy. On, buddy. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, get off the X. You know, that's, yeah. that's how we're all trained. Just move, move. That's right. But, but you would have thought twice. Sorry, Sarah. Right. If you were not armed. Yeah. Whole different story, right? I'd still be going. Of right. Course, but and, right. But, but and a different approach. A different approach. Very different approach. And the most depressing thing of all of this is, thank God it wasn't an active shooter. Mm-hmm. Adults lost their minds. Don't know what to do. They had no, no. concept of no. what to do. They lost it. Now, I understand you're not prepared, but this is the message. Be prepared. Right. Mm-hmm. You had adults screaming, running over children. George Costanza moments. Fire for him. Remember that Seinfeld yeah, yeah, episode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Running over kids? That's what happened. Wow. That's incredible. Wow. Jeez, incredible. Well, we're glad that you guys are okay and that your son And the victim's is, okay, too. The victim's yep. okay. Your son has bruises, but otherwise could be worse. You want to know why I'm really proud of him? He says, Dad, can we go back to Dave and Buster's? <laughs> yeah, yeah, get back on the horse, buddy. That's right. No, but, but great. All in all, praise God for Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Virginia, they take away your firearm. Yeah. You're going to be a parent who cannot defend yeah. your children. Yeah. Do not let anyone take but that. think of it. The guy who fired the two shots know. He knows there's people carrying on the inside. Yeah. With no regard for human if life. If you know nobody way. is carrying... Probably you know what, keeps coming you in. You know what the fight was about? A stuffed, stuffed animal. Jeez. A stuffed That's animal. They put my son in, life, in danger. My son's life in danger. And I'm sorry I'm angry about it. Well, you should but be. No should regard be. for sorry. human life. And they want to take my firearm away from yeah, me? Yeah, exactly. Mm. I promise you that was not a legal firearm. Amen. Come on. Amen. No way. No way. Uh, so yesterday's poll... Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm angry with Grant yes, still. Sorry, right? I told you. Yes, you got sorry. me fired up. <laughs> Uh, God bless the Second Amendment and God bless Texas. Uh, Yesterday's poll, what is Trump's best nickname for the 2020 Democrats? Wow, Pocahontas won at 45%. I know. I thought thought Mini Mike was Mini Mike came in second. Mini Mike is pretty new, so maybe it just needs some time. Uh, Maybe it needs some time. Mini Mike Mike is is second at 26.3, followed by Sleepy Joe. You guys got Sleepy Joe up before Crazy Bernie? Sleepy Joe got 15. Crazy Bernie got 14. I just think Sleepy Joe's lazy. Yeah, I said it. I think sli- I, Creepy Joe is where you need to go. That's Sleepy Joe is me. That's the best poll you guys have had. It was a, evenly spread out. I know. I know. Time. 45% <laughs> was the highest one. When does that happen? Uh, today's poll with Andrew Yang, Michael Bennett, and Deval Patrick. I know. You knew Yang, but you're like, Andrew Yang, okay, Michael Bennett, who? Deval Patrick, who? Okay, well, with all of those three people out of the 2020 race, who will be the next Democrat to drop out? Here are your options. You ready? Elizabeth Warren, Joe Biden, or Tom Steyer? Mm. Who do you think? Steyer's got a lot of money. I think he can float this thing a little bit longer. I think Warren's next. I'm He's been you. floating himself. Yeah, nobody wants him to be president. Anyway. <laughs> He's just paying for the experience. So, yeah, he'll keep going. You agree, Tom Steyer? I, I forgot. No, I, I agree that it's Warren is going to oh, be oh, the, oh, oh, Yeah, okay. Warren will be the next one out. I forgot Tom Steyer was even still in there. He's in the debates. <laughs> just stand there. He's just coasting. He's yeah. just standing. In, uh, he just wants to be friends with Bernie. You think Warren? Are you going Warren, Yaku? No. I tell you what, I'm going to say Steyer, just to balance really? it a little bit. <laughs> just, I Might mean, as well. And you? Uh, 
I'm going to go Warren. I think Warren. It's probably Warren, but I'll say Star just to make it interesting for television. Okay, okay. All of those ad cancels, I mean, I, it's close between Warren and, and Biden. Although I will say, for the record, if I am Steyer, I'd like to just keep my money yeah. instead of just throwing it in no, the Biden's wind, lighting it on He's fire. Gonna write. He's going to write for a while. Biden's going to uh, write. Uh, well, God bless us. Uh, let us know what you think who will be the next 2020 Democrat to drop out of the race. You can go to The Blaze's Twitter. That is at The Blaze. Gentlemen, thank you for being here. Thank you. We'll see Happy you tomorrow. That was a fun show. That was. Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.